From the stock market floor to your laptop, we are Voice America Business. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, and we have Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my uh, delightful co-host on the line, and we are your leadership development coaches. Between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And today, we're very fortunate to have Dr. Carol Scott. She's going to talk about uh, your best stress zone. And Dr. Scott is an emergency physician and health educator trained at John Hopkins. She is an expert on the connections between stress and health and the developer of the best stress zone concept, which will be the focus of our talk today. She has taken her messages from the emergency room to the boardrooms across the country where her clients have included Microsoft, UPS, Johnson & Johnson, McDonald's, IBM, Discovery, and many more. In today's program, Carol will share her insights on stress relief as both a top performer and as a coach for top performers based on her upcoming book, Discover Your Best Stress Zone, a health and wellness guide for women. Uh, John Wiley and Sons Publishers can be released, she'll tell us a little later, in 2009. And Kathy, welcome to the call. Thank you, Raleigh. It's a, a delight to be here and to, to be with friends. And certainly um, we're going to hear a lot today about uh, stress. And Carol Scott uh, is one of the uh, foremost authorities on stress. And she's going to not only help us understand stress, but define it for ourselves. So let me just um, talk a little bit about some of the things you and I love to share with our audiences, and then I'd like you to maybe tell our audience a little bit about why we talk about leadership mm-hmm. development and what some of the key facts are about leadership. How about okay. that? Yep, that sounds good. All right. Well, you know, we always know that leaders are the heartbeat of any organization, but unfortunately, most leaders underestimate just how much influence they really have over themselves and others. And just, you know, doing a few things differently are really going to make a big difference for you as a leader and for the teams that rely on you for your guidance. What you'll learn in every one of our programs is a little bit about how to develop yourself as a leader and, well, how to develop more leaders in general in your organization. We love to talk about happy companies and about how happiness improves performance and emotional intelligence and positive psychology strategies. And that's what we're going to focus on today in addition to the brain and neuroscience contributions that top performers need to understand to be their best. And Carol's going to talk a little bit about that. In every show, we try to tell you a little bit about work-life balance practices, strategies for managing yourself and your boss, plus many more tools and tips. So uh, without further ado, Relly, maybe you can remind our audience why we talk about facts related to leadership. Thank you, Kathy. Well, the reason we talk about leadership is that we know that leaders have anywhere from 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. Because emotions are contagious, and Dr. Carol Scott will cover probably more of that, leaders are the emotional thermostat for their team. And to get someone into the top 10% where they can be twice as productive for their organization, that's the goal. Uh, Someone in the top 10% produces twice as much revenue. And to do that, emotional intelligence is one of the keys when compared to uh, IQ and technical expertise. 
Kathy and I are both trained coaches, and we know that when you bring coaching to an organization, it can enhance their productivity. If you have training alone, it's about a 22% increase. If you have training, uh, coaching and training, it's about an 88%. And if you want to get more information from Dr. Kathy Greenberg, her website is www.h2cleadership.com for her happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching services. And if you're interested in me, Dr. Ellie Nadler, um, my website is www.truenorthleadership.com for some free EI assessments and emotional intelligence books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching boot camps. And Kathy, you want to introduce uh, Dr. Scott? I would love to. Carol, are you on the line with us? I am, I am. Thank you. Oh, great. So you're, you're about to hear my magnanimous introduction here of you, and I, I know that you'll forgive me, but um, I think very highly of you. And, you know, we met, uh, I, I guess, uh, almost five or six years ago when Marshall Goldsmith introduced us, and uh, we had the luxury of spending some time together recently at the uh, Pennsylvania Governor's Conference for Women, where we will, I guess, be again this year. So uh, welcome to the show, and I just want to give our audience a little bit of background on you. Um, and please feel free to jump in. Dr. Scott, uh, as we said, is a an emergency uh, medical professional. She's also an educator, uh, and um, she has a Master's of Science uh, in Education, but she's also a board-certified emergency medicine practitioner. She's also served as a charter board member of the Family Violence Prevention Fund, and her upcoming book, Discover Your Best Dress Zone, A Health and Wellness Guide for Women, is going to be a must-read from John Wiley and Sons, and that will be out later this year. I'm sure she'll talk to us more about that. Dr. Scott is an expert on the connections between stress and health, and she is the developer of the Best Stress Zone concept. As a highly sought-after consultant, she's also a speaker and one-on-one stress relief coach, and she has basically taken her work out of the emergency room and into the boardroom, thank goodness. Dr. Carol Scott's work has been described in a recent Fast Company profile as helping participants and clients gain knowledge, resilience, specific strategies, and motivation to live with less stress and improved health. As a speaker, she's been acclaimed for her unique ability to blend expertise in medicine with an authentic, inspiring style. And she's been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Workspan, and the Washington Post. And her communications have been found, boy, in in the, I want to say, the boardrooms and uh, the corporate uh, Fortune 500, including PricewaterhouseCoopers, Working Mother's Best 100 Companies, uh, LifeWork Congress, and we know that, that uh, Working Mother Magazine publishes that 100 Best Companies every year, and people just really clamor to get on that list. Texas Instruments, Professional Business Women of California, Civil Service Employees Union, Washington Business Group on Health, Motorola, Johnson Johnson, the Rutgers Senior Women's Leadership Program, the Boston College Roundtable on Work Life, and the Global Consulting Group. She customizes her programs, and she also has a customized web-based stress relief program, which uh, has been delivered to over 5,000 women of IBM, and Dr. Scott presents regularly for the Merrill Lynch University. You can reach her for keynotes, radio shows like we did, workshops, and one-on-one coaching by going to www.stressreliefcoach.com or info at stressreliefcoach.com. And Carol is also the wife and mom of two sons. So we're going to jump right in and say hello to Carol and ask you, Carol, if you would uh, just kindly tell us a little bit about yourself. And I think um, 
Relly has some additional questions for you. Oh, well, thank you so much. You were very generous with your introduction. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you and uh, Relly today, and I really do look forward to the time that we're going to spend together. I, uh, you asked me about myself. I am an emergency physician, as you described, and my journey to study medicine, internal medicine and emergency medicine, really led me to see so many patients with disorders that I'm sure you and I both have relatives who have, and perhaps some of these are disorders or concerns that we might have ourselves, and that's heart attacks, poor concentration, diabetes, hypertension, just irritable bowel disease, headaches and migraines. And I began to explore and wonder about why so many patients were coming into the emergency room with problems that were preventable, but more importantly, problems that probably related to stress. And mind you, I'm on a journey, and I continue to be on this journey, so my observations were in part because of my own experiences, as you described, you know, being a working mom and taking care of my kids and trying to be the the best wife, the best mom, the best cook, the best driver, (laughs) the best communicator in church, and so on, so... Um, I have been very fortunate to have the opportunity to uh, then begin to look at and study stress more carefully and to think about it a little differently and then to develop some models that fortunately have been uh, received well by others in terms of uh, helping them think about stress just a little differently. Obviously, there isn't anything new, but it's really gaining perhaps a unique or different way to think about some of the things that we experience so that we don't have to have some of those medical problems. Well, so what we want to do, um, Dr. Scott, and if we can call you Carol, um, is talk a little bit about, especially for our listeners, you know, we, you have a lot of great information here, and, and let's start off with what is stress, you know, and maybe how does it work, and then we can get into more specific stuff. How would you define that? Stress is a, is a term that has different meaning to different people. In fact, that's one of the core concepts of stress and thinking about stress relief. But So we all can be on the same page. I think we can use this phrase as one that, uh, or definition that I think most people can buy into. I'd like your comments or thoughts about it. It's a term that we commonly use when we want to refer to a situation or experience that causes you to feel anxious or frustrated or angry or irritable, and it's usually because you're pushed beyond your ability to successfully cope. In fact, you feel out of balance because we use that term a lot, but stress really makes you feel out of balance. And does that does that resonate with you? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> that resonates. It's got, it's got it all around us, and I'm sure that's why your the work you do is so popular. That you know everybody you're going to talk to is uh, on the continuum of having stress, and so it means they're all somewhat out of balance. Well, that's true, and and, and the reality is that having a balanced life and not having sort of this um, disheveled or disrupted life that we get when we are experiencing quote stress. It's really about having balanced brain biochemistry. And, and that's a part of the core of understanding what my approach is to, in helping people think about stress. Because stress is a condition that's an interaction of the mind and the body. And it's in the mind that we interpret situations. Mm. And that interpretation gets communicated to the body, to the heart, to the immune system, to the GI tract, to the skin, and other body systems. And when stressful situations occur, like What's occurring for so many of us in our in our society right now? Finding yourself unemployed, you know, the numbers aren't adding up when you look at your budget book, and those situations, those events, cause a trigger for a series of responses, 
and those responses really help us define what I call the stress process because it's about a cause and effect, a trigger. Trigger can be something that's acute, an acute disruption in our life. It could be something that's chronic, something that's going on all the time. Uh, that's a disparity in your life, the difference between perhaps what you're experiencing and what you want. You're living in the city, you want to live in the country, uh, other things that could be going on in your life. And then there are those natural disasters that occur. Now, these are the types of triggers. There are generally four of them, acute, chronic, something that is natural disaster, or it could be man-made. You know, and the ultimate disease or disorder that we have from that is post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, and then there can be those just those daily annoyances and hassles. So those triggers then become perceived by us and lead to a series of responses, and there are four types of responses, biological responses, behavioral responses, psychological responses, and emotional responses. Well, Carol, I'm going to ask you to just pause on that thought. We're going to go to a quick break, and we'll be right back. This is Leadership Development News. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. 
homeowners, real estate investors, bankers. bankers. Listen up and tune in to Finance, Foreclosures, and Foresight, the show that breaks it all down and gives it to you straight. Are you at risk of foreclosure? Interested in buying a foreclosed property? Mark Bull has the answers to the questions you might forget to ask. Finance, Foreclosures, and Foresight broadcast live on the Voice America Business Channel Monday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific. You can't afford not to tune in. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Dr. Carol Scott. In her book, Discover Your Best Stress Zone, and she was telling us a little bit about what stress is. But what, what, how does stress hurt us? And, you know, and I think you even said, how does stress kill us? Um, well, let's kind of jump in, that, in with that, Carol. Well, there's a lot that we know about stress, and I must say, as I described to Kathy in the very beginning, none of this information is really new. I think I've been privileged to be able to, to research it and study it. I mean, the scientific basis for all of this really comes from the work originally of Walter B. Cannon, and he was the Harvard physiologist back in the 1920s, actually 18, 1918, I believe, who really described the biologic phenomenon that became known to all of us, I guess, in uh, junior high when we studied the fight-or-flight phenomenon. You remember that, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Both of you, don't you remember that? Oh, yeah, I yeah. still practice it. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Harvard B. Cannon did that work. Then there was a, a researcher in uh, Canada, and actually at McGill University in Montreal, his name was Hans Selye, he actually coined the term stress in the 1950s. And in fact, he was on a crusade, went around the world. If you go to another country, this is an interesting side note, the term and the word stress means the same thing in almost every language. Hmm. And that's because he single-handedly wanted to promote this, and his background was European and Russian, actually. So at any rate... But uh, he actually described, added to Walter Buchanan's work as a physiology, the central core concept of the biology of stress. Remember, I talked about those four responses, one of them being a biologic. What he determined was that any time any nonspecific disruption occurs, any time that occurs, there were three things that happened. And he did this work in rats, and don't worry, I'm going to quickly take us to folks like you and me and our relatives. But he discovered that rats, when exposed to something that disrupted them or disturbed them or was a stressor, that is a demand or challenge, they developed huge adrenal glands, their immune systems were destroyed, and they developed stomach ulcers. Now think about that. Huge adrenal glands, we're going to talk about adrenaline, the major stress hormone for acute stress, destroyed their immune systems. We know that we have immune weakness and we are more subject to have illnesses and when we are stressed, and also stomach ulcers, and we'll talk about the GI connection between stress and health. Now, this was really just the tip of the iceberg to understand the relationship between stress and disease. A lot of work has been done since then. Key players in that were Bruce McEwen, who's at the Rockefeller Institute, Candace Pert, who's done a lot of work. She actually discovered the opioid receptors, so when we think about, and we'll talk about it perhaps, relaxation and the runner's high, the 
uh, process that I've called the power pause that we can induce in ourselves. She's the person who really looked at the body, excuse me, the mind-body connection because we now know that the mind really is in the body. So when you feel love or you feel pain in your gut, you really are feeling it because it's a matter of receptors that are everywhere, and it's just about about your body being able to control and generate some of these feel-good hormones. Uh, to be able to change our body. So let me back up a little bit. I'm getting ahead of myself and talk about taking us from all the way back from Hanselier when he talked about this general adaptation syndrome or disease to humans. So let me describe what is normal and necessary when we're stressed. In other words, you walk down the street, sort of a shadow comes around the corner, a deer comes in front of your path. For that matter, for most of us, you know, that email message comes in or your, your reminder goes off. What happens is your body does not know the difference between lions and tigers and bears, remember from uh, The Wizard of Oz, and sort of this evolutionary process of our body having to flee, fight or flight, from the stressors of uh, psychological concerns that we have or our thoughts or, you know, are we going to lose your job? Are you going to lose your job? So when you are stressed or there is a stressor or that trigger, that cause that I talked about, that acute stressor, your body first needs to mobilize energy. Why does it need to mobilize energy? It needs to deliver that energy to your muscles because your body thinks you're going to have to run away and flee. So your heart rate gets faster, you start breathing faster, so you can get more oxygen in, and it goes to those muscles. At the same time, it turns that process on, mobilizing this energy. It turns off the things you don't need, long-term projects such as your digestion, your reproductive system, your immune system, even your recalcification of your bones. So ultimately downstream, we know that osteoporosis can occur from chronic stress. So you need energy quickly, and you get it from your liver. Guess how you know that that's occurring? First thing that happens, you have to give a public presentation. Your mouth gets dry at the beginning of the digestion process. You don't need to grow, and you don't need your sex hormones. So this is exactly what happens when we are acutely stressed. Now, this is perfect. It's well-designed and well-suited, if you will. It's an emergency response system, and I'm in emergency medicine, so I like that analogy, but it's an emergency response system that's inborn, it's in you, it's in all of us. It's a knee-jerk response. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to do anything. The other part of that that's really cool is that your memory and thinking improves. As a matter of fact, if I ask you where you were during 911, if you're old enough, if you remember where you were when Kennedy was assassinated, you remember what you were doing that day. But I, if I were to ask you what happened the day before that or perhaps the day after, you may not remember it. But all of those things function well for acute stress. So you know what's in, what's interesting, uh, Cal, is I hadn't heard heard it this way. Some of the negative effects is what gets turned off. And you're talking about the positive effects of stress, but what some of the negative effects is all these things that get turned off or turned down. Well, you said that they're negative effects. Yeah. Well, like, they, they are. Well, let me let me challenge you. Uh, really, you're saying that they're negative, and in fact, it in the moment might be considered negative. And yes, you're correct. Chronically, if you're stressed and your body is functioning and you actually hit the nail right on the head, you're describing the problem with chronic stress. Mm -hmm. Acute stress, it works well. You're able to run. You're able to think clearly. You're able to do what you need to do to get through a situation. If this is three minutes, three hours, it's perfect. But guess what? Three months, three years, it's deadly. So, Carol, as as you're talking about this, you know, you have really um, outlined for our listeners how stress really can kill. Well, uh, and, well, thank you. But, yes, that, that's what I do. I love the stress health connection because for most of us, 
And so often approaches to stress relief, stress, quote, management, have to do with dealing with the responses, particularly the emotional responses and the thought responses and maybe even some of the behavioral responses. But I have found that it has been so helpful for people to really understand the core of that biologic response because it certainly is interrelated to the other responses. But each of us can do something to make a difference for ourselves when we really understand that because, well, I, I can share just a little more and be specific yeah. about some disorders. Sh- shall I do that? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, well, so just as you said, Kathy, and you said, really, if in fact you have an acute stressor, you're going to be poised to manage yourself correctly. The body does that automatically. But what if you have constant, long-term, remember those chronic triggers I talked about, situations, events, people, things that we just oftentimes haven't even taken the time to sort out. And when I talk later about the best stress zone, that's part of that model. It's it's not necessarily a specific prescription for a, a system to deal with stress. Rather, it's a systematic approach, similar to a systematic approach that we use in medical in medicine for problem solving. But so, what happens if you have that chronic stress? Is remember the first thing that happens when an acute stressor presents itself to you, or you perceive it that way? Because this is all about the mind-body connection. Remember, when that first perception is there, you mobilize energy. What if you're constantly mobilizing energy, but you're not using it to run away? That you don't need that fight or flight response. You don't store the energy then guess what? You get circulating increased fats, increased lipids, because remember our energy, we talk about mobilizing energy, energy really comes from the food we eat. And what are the foods that we eat? Carbohydrates, fats, and lipids. They come into the body, there's this whole process for them being metabolized, but ultimately the liver stores all this glucose in the form of glycogen. We have a storage in fat cells and in the liver also of fat. So if you have all of this, all of this energy that's stored up to be used, and then somehow or another your hormones, because of these stressors, trigger the release of these things, we're going to have floating glucose. So if you have a predisposition, so here's a clear distinction that's important to make. It's not necessarily that stress causes the disease, but it causes disease itself. Stress predisposes you to disorders that can lead to disease states if you have certain, each of us is different, predispositions. Let's say you have a family history that's strong for coronary disease. Suddenly you have all these lipids floating around. You have high blood pressure because your heart is beating fast all the time. You're going to get turbulence in your vessels, and you know what I mean, that there's going to be plaque building up. And you've read, I'm sure, about inflammation and the relationship of inflammation to heart disease. Suddenly you will be someone who, instead of necessarily just having uh, controllable blood pressure, you may have high blood pressure or develop a heart attack or a stroke. Diabetes, there are 23 million people in the United States, or 8% of the population who have diabetes. And it's, it's speculated that about 57 million adults had pre-diabetes just in 2007, the last time the American Diabetes Association looked at this. If those people, and the many of us we know our lives are so hectic, are then constantly mobilizing this energy and having this diabetes floating around, in fact, uh, we have a, there is also a relationship with insulin, which I won't go into in detail, but cortisol, which is the second stress hormone, actually blocks insulin from being able to function as it should. It also makes our cells less sensitive to insulin, so your blood glucose is going to go up. Ulcers, remember I talked about suppression of the immune system? Ulcers are thought to be due to a bacteria, uh, a helicobacter pylori. When our immune system is chronically suppressed, again, it increases acutely. 
for that fight or flight, but long-term, it's going to be suppressed. Irritable bowel disease, uh, diarrhea, constipation, again, occurs because, uh, remember I talked about how the digestive system is cut off, stops when we're acutely stressed? Well, what happens, though, that happens from the stomach down to the small bowel, but the large bowel, which carries, just basically resorbs water, does not take in nutrients. It's just a storage function. So when you get stressed, you know how you get that feeling that you've got to empty your, empty your colon, go to the bathroom? That happens because of the relationship between stress and your digestive system. So the next thing you know, people who are chronically stressed develop irritable bowel. They'll have fluctuations between constipation, diarrhea, ulcer disease. Another relationship I talked about, low growth hormone, low estrogen, women will develop osteoporosis. And then, of course, we know that about 60% of men who present to their doctors with sexual disorders and dysfunction, it turns out that it's due to stress. Remember I talked about it. If you're stressed, your sex hormones are low. So, Carol, is there an answer for all of this? Are you going to explain perhaps a little bit about the Best Stress Program and how you created it and why you first introduced the idea? Uh, Yes, I can. I can. Uh, the best stress zone really was a concept that I came up with with my, oh, I guess with, with having to look at my own struggles and, and challenges and trying to do it all. And what I realized was stress is inevitable. It really is counterproductive to approach thinking about stress as I'm going to get rid of stress because you can't get rid of stress. And in fact, as I hopefully have described to you, we really need that inherent stress response. But what we need to be able to do is to have, instead of unhealthy and harmful reactions to stress, we need to have healthy responses to stress. We need to better understand those four levels of responses, that biological response, the emotional response, psychological response, and behavioral response. And those are learned skills. It's something that we can do. And I realized that the stressors that I had in my life and that I have, and I would ask that each of you consider it as well, the stressors that are in your life are there oftentimes, even the things that are unpredictable. And we need to talk about uncertainty and managing the unexpected. But we need to just take a survey, an inventory, a reality check of all of the stressors that are in your life and, in fact, to some extent, you can embrace those stressors because the stressors really reflect the fact that you have a full and complex life. Now, mind you, there are some things that are hurtful, acute stressors that are losses, death, loss of someone, loss of something like your job. But in general, in managing your life, if you think about an umbrella where you identify the things that are most important to you, I call them the three Ps, your priorities, your purpose, and your passion. The next step is to then look at the stressors that are associated with those. We then can come up with a plan to, in a preventative way, work with and deal with the stress. And, Carol, we're going to come right back. So hold that thought on the three Ps. And when we come back from this break, we'd love to hear about how we can recognize, capture, and clarify those stressors and work on them together. So come right back. This is Leadership Development News. The bottom line in business. Voice America Business. 
Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. Adding fractions is nothing. For real? Look, these are denominators. You multiply this one so that it's the same as that, then you add them up. Hey, that's easy. Charles Bennett dreamed of returning to the old neighborhood as a teacher. But without money for college, only half of his dream came true. He's back in the old neighborhood. Well, enough math. I got to deliver these sandwiches. Please support the United Negro College Fund. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. A message from the UNCF and the Ad Council. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Dr. Carol Scott. Her book, Discover Your Best Stress Zone. And, and Cal, before the break, we're, now we're getting into, you know, what can people do given that people are, you know, fearful about their job, there's a lot of triggers in our environment today, and you talked about priorities, purpose, and passion. How, do, how does that play uh, into your program, The Best Stress Zone? What are the steps that people would need to start focusing on? Well, there, there are several steps. 
I think that for the purposes of where we are now, and correct me if I'm wrong, but just to, because it's probably beyond the scope for me to describe the entire program and, and the book, mm-hmm. and in fact the publishers have, uh, the name is now Optimal Stress, mm. uh, colon, Discover Your Best Stress Zone. <laughs> so okay. I should say that you've been mentioning it before, and I apologize That's all right. if I had not shared that that uh, relatively recent change with you. Okay. Um, but uh, it may be important, and one of the things that I'm finding my clients are concerned about now and that I, too, all of us are dealing with, is the idea of uncertainty and the unexpected because so much of it is going going on now. Would it be helpful, perhaps, if yeah. I talked about that a little bit? That would be part good. Of the best dress, though? Yeah. I, I think one of the things that... Uh, I think one of the things that's important for for all of us to be vigilant about is and to think about is the fact that we we have to think about the environment that we're in now as, as a time for for us to grow and to learn and one of the things that occurs is that we we are stressed because things that are happening to us to all of us that are unexpected and expectations really are embedded into our routines and our roles and our norms in life and in fact we need expectations, and we need to have order and efficiency in our life. But there is a paradox of this type of planning, because you can only experience the unexpected, and right now I want to focus on the, the unhealthy responses to the unexpected disruptive events if you have expectations. So although we need to have expectations, I think now is the time to be aware of what those expectations are and what they mean to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, what I'm saying is that, and we all know this, confirmatory bias. Expectations you know, create a bias as to how you interpret and perceive events so that your hunches basically are confirmed. You're aware of the ones that you agree with, but you're troubled by others, but you let them go by. In fact, you can lose track of, quote, what I would say, quote, is reality. And that is you're so busy saying, oh, well, that's, this is just a little blip on the on the scope. But the reality is, we have to be very aware and very attentive along and now. And things that occur need to be held in the construct of being mindful. That is, you know, and everybody knows about mindfulness. It's talked about a lot, but it's a style of mental functioning where you have a keen awareness of the context and the details, but more importantly, deviations from expectations. If you're mindful, you have a big picture of the moment. It's for us in the emergency department, it's like running a code. I have to be aware of the fact that somebody comes in, they're having difficulty breathing or they're having a heart uh, arrhythmia, and I'm going to focus on taking care of it, but at the same time I can't just single-mindedly say, this is what I need to do to be successful and resuscitate this person. If the rhythm changes, if something else occurs, if a team member has an issue or a problem, all of that has to be taken into consideration, and which in fact means... I, usually when you lead a code, a trauma code, or a medical or even a pediatric code, you stand back and you need to be aware of everything that's going on so that you can analyze, retain that capacity to analyze and continuously continuously refine and adjust the expectations based on newer data. And again, if you're overly reliant on what your expectations were, you might miss that. So I don't want to overemphasize that, but I think it's really, really important. These small deviations should not be should not be uh, ignored. They need to be noticed. And, in fact, for people who are in business, I'm speaking to the choir because I'm sure that that's a part of the routine of most people in business who are successful. So we need to anticipate 
and we can prevent some disruptive events, unexpected events, disruptive unexpected events by being more vigilant and being aware of what's going on and maintaining some mindfulness. So that's something that I have found uh, for um, clients. I'm able to sort of make that real for them in terms of the specifics of their life. And then, of course, the other thing that all of us need to do along and now is we need to work on our resilience. And resilience is one of those personality traits along with, and I know that you and you, Kathy, and really are experts in uh, positive psychology and your coaching work, which you excel at. And uh, you, uh, all of us, I think, know that the work of uh, Marty Siegelman in positive psychology is, is so, so important. Optimism, but is one personality trait that makes a difference in how people respond to triggers in their life. But the other is resilience, and resilience, a lot of that work was done by uh, uh, Kusaba, uh, Suzanne Kusaba, and looking at what makes people hardy. And we know that it's having a commitment to something, and I think right now all of us are having to struggle with and look at what are we really committed to in our lives, in our personal lives, in our work lives. In fact, if you still have your job, and all of us, you know, I, all of us have to be mindful of the fact that nothing is guaranteed, there are no, you know, no certainties anymore in our society. But if you are on a job, you have to redouble your efforts to be committed to it, and you need to demonstrate that. And it doesn't matter what level of the hierarchy you are. It's a matter of being totally committed to it instead of you know, uh, complaining and whining. And eh, this is, some of this is something we all know, but every once in a while, you, all of us have to remind ourselves about it. It's, uh, it's being able to bounce back. It's being able to be committed. It's being able to be bounced back. And it's also being able to be flexible and grow. And part of that growth requires learning, and sometimes we need to know that that learning may not be what we expect it to be. In other words, sometimes not all the expertise comes from experts, and, in fact, not all learning comes from the place that we think it will be. And bouncing back doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be go back to the point where things became a problem. You need to look beyond that and think about bouncing back perhaps to that original point when psychologically you were feeling good. Think back to when you first went, got that job, when you first got that letter, that email, that phone call, and you were feeling really good. You shared it with folks in your life, and you said, yeah, and you showed up and you were ready to, to prove to the world and prove to yourself that you were going to be the best that you could be. So, so Carol, can you um, tell us a little bit about, you know, a lot of people right now in the marketplace are concerned uh, about, you know, you, you use the idea or the concept of, of, of getting your first job or getting that job you loved and, and being in a positive mindset. But um, I think one of the things that you address in your best dress zone is what happens um, if you are at risk uh, of losing your job or um, you have lost your job. And, and I think you've you've created some really... Uh, constructive uh, ways of looking at that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, if you, in fact, are having, if you've lost your job, perhaps we can start with that. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's fine. I'm sure there's many people who are listening who are concerned about that or have friends who've been touched by that. Sure, and it, it, it certainly is something that I see with patients that come into the emergency department these days and but I think that the first thing that's important for us to keep in mind and for you to keep in mind if this is affecting you or someone that you care about is that you're not defined by your job. That, that all of us, although certainly there's that exhilaration and, and that uh, self-worth that those of us who 
who do work and who are contributing to society in that way. You want to work, you want to feel good about your work, but we're not defined by our, our jobs. We're much more than that. And now is an opportunity to to redefine for yourself, as I was saying a moment ago, what really might be your highest calling. Your skill sets and your attitudes definitely can and will lead to new job opportunities. So you've got to give yourself a break, number one. You know, it's a natural opportunity to rethink your real needs and your interests, to, to rediscover what you're passionate about. What do you really want to do on a day-to-day basis in a paid labor force? Another thing to do is to consider, stop spending all of your time looking for work and go ahead and volunteer. Volunteer somewhere where you can demonstrate your skills, and that might lead to paid employment. That's very important. Well, these are all, I, I think, what you would call natural opportunities to rethink not only your real needs and interests, but to rediscover your passion. Now, you said that um, you you would also like to help people understand resilience a little bit more. So I want to pause on that thought. We're going to go to a break. And when we come back, maybe you can talk to us a little bit about how your Best Stress Zone program helps people build resilience, maybe in a step-by-step format. So we're going to take a quick break. Come right back. This is Leadership Development News. The bottom line in business. Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. 
Let's sing that bedtime song. Rockabye baby by Newton's treetop. His first law of motion makes sure you won't stop. The same rules of physics apply to a ball. While gravity is a force that makes things fall. By the sixth grade, many girls lose interest in math and science. But it's never too early to set your daughter's future in motion. For some simple ideas, go to girlsgotech.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Girl Scouts of USA and Ad Council. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Dr. Carol Scott and about uh, stress and before the break, we were talking about resilience. Ask, uh, Kathy asked you a question about resilience, and if you tell us a little bit about resilience and kind of relaxation, and then you also mentioned the power pause. Certainly. Well, just to close on resilience specifically, uh, re- resilience really does require learning, and it requires that we learn from some of the disappointments that I think all of us are experiencing now, or have friends or family members who are. Remember that it's about keeping that mindful state where you can detect small variations that might lead to situations where things, better things can happen. It's about containing the harm or the damage that might come to you from being in a situation that's unpleasant and bouncing back. And bouncing back is really important. And a part of bouncing back includes adopting a relaxation plan. A relaxation plan can be something that is as simple as, well, let me ask you this. If I were to ask you, either Kathy or Relly, tell me what does it mean to you to relax? Tell me what relaxation is. Well, for me, a relaxation opportunity is something I find in my day to take a breath, to pause. Sometimes I meditate. So I love the word adopt a relaxation plan because that has a lot of meaning for me. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, Cal, for me, I've been an avid meditator for about 35 years, so it's these little breaks during the day, sometimes 10 minutes, 20 minutes, um, that just my, it quiets my mind. So if I look at that, that's probably what happened. It quiets my mind. I think of the uh, paperweight with the, snow, with the snowflake scenes. All the snowflakes go down to the bottom of the paperweight, and then I'm ready for any kind of agitation afterwards. <laughs> well, you know what? You guys are perfect. <laughs> I am so grateful to be on your show because, you know, when I, and I speak to people around the country, the average group or a, even another host would say, oh, I like to uh, uh, go to YouTube or I like to read or I like to garden or go hunting. And the reality is those are not exercises or activities where you can truly relax, and you guys know this. So uh, now I guess I'm sharing this with the listeners. So... And you chime in then, please do, because it's clear you have a wealth of experience, particularly you're already talking about 35 years of meditating. I'm, I'm, I admire you tremendously for that. But most people describe leisure activities. What you two have described are true relaxation exercises. And what relaxation is, which most people don't understand, 
is that it is a phenomenon. It's an inborn capacity that all of us have to actually trigger anti-stress hormones. Remember when I talked about the stress process and how there's a cause and effect and a triggering of adrenaline and cortisol and other mediators and biochemicals that uh, cause the stress response? It is a knee-jerk response, remember? The key for relaxation to understand and what is something that I train people in, and, and, but I don't take it so far as to call it meditation because many people uh, think that that involves some type of religious or uh, connotations. I am describing merely what runners get when they have a runner's high. The relaxation response was described by Herbert Benson. This is, goes, takes us full circle back to, to Harvard, a Harvard cardiologist, actually, who studied Tibetan monks. And he did this in the 70s. He wrote a book called The Re- Relaxation Response, which was a bestseller. But he linked it to Tibetan monks, and so therefore there were many people. And then, of course, the concept of um, unmeasurable variables in science was not as accepted as it is today. But he described then several key parameters. Remember I talked about heart rate speeding up? When you use the relaxation or trigger the relaxation response, and mind you, this is not something that's knee-jerk. It's something that's a learned skill, but very simple. Something, as you described, really, that I train and coach people to be able to integrate throughout the day in what I call power pauses. It's something that can be linked to a belief system, shalom, amen. It can be linked to a belief system, but it doesn't have to. What it requires is for the brain to be quieted. We know that it's not a sleep state. For the power pause and the relaxation response in the purest form, it does not even have to require a meditative state. It requires a state of restful wakefulness is what it's called. There's a release of nitrous oxide and other chemicals that actually cause endorphins to be stimulated for uh, somatostatin and other hormones that are going to allow the body to slow the heart rate, the breathing rate, for you to truly relax. And it can be used in two ways, just as one of the ways that you described, really was to use it as a preventive medicine. So it sounds like you use this as a practice before you go into a, quote, stressful situation or what I say, a situation where you know there are going to be those triggers that are inevitable. Or I also uh, allow people to do it and, and suggest that people do this as something that's therapeutic after you've been in a situation. It can be something you do when you're on your way home and you're in your driveway when you get through all the traffic and you get in your driveway and you sit there before you go into a ritual or routine to get back into your your uh, family life and, and your routine mm-hmm. and ritual there. You can include it as a part of that. But the relaxation response and or the power pause, what I did was I added to it the components of a mind-clearing exercise, which allows you to go through a series of exercises and statements to really look at going from negative thoughts all the way to neutral and positive thoughts to be able to clear yourself. And there are four requisites for the relaxation, relaxation response and the power pause. One is, <clears throat> excuse me, my mouth is dry. One is to be able to have a quiet place, comfortable. This isn't anything that requires any particular yoga positions or you don't have to be athletic. It's just a matter of comfortable position where you have what's called a supporting environment, a chair or floor. You can do it in your office, put a little sign. The next time you, you know, go to one of the little novelty stores, get a sign that says, do not disturb. People in your office will know it. If you're a leader, you can engage other people in doing this. You're going to get into a quiet space. You're going to be able to focus on a word or a phrase. It's a repetitive word or phrase or activity 
that's what's going to sink your mind to be able to trigger those alpha and theta waves. If you know of someone who runs, the analogy is when they run, if you ask them, when do you get that runner's high, usually occurs about 7 to 10 minutes into the run. And guess what? The reason they have that, quote, runner's high is that they become synchronized with the pattern of their feet. So even though they're not conscious of it in terms of a mantra or a phrase, it's their feet, shalom, shalom. It is a repetitive word, phrase, or behavior. That's the second of those four components. The third one is that you need to give yourself a break. And you will have thoughts, particularly those people who are doing this, because most of us, you know, people that are high-performing, so you're used to doing a lot of things at once and multitasking and always self-correcting and doubting yourself and trying to make things perfect. This is not about perfection. It's about taking the time to allow yourself to achieve this state without challenging yourself. You're going to hear the air conditioner. You're going to hear a car. You'll hear a horn. You may even hear your child outside of your study if you're going to do it at home. But the key is let those things pass. Just let them go. Don't harm yourself. You don't have to feel negatively about it. Just let it pass, just like a cloud floating over you. Continue with the word or phrase. Continue with the word or phrase. And then, Carol, we have just about another 30 seconds. So what's the fourth one? And then we'll let people know how they can get your book and move forward. Uh, the, the fourth one is really just a matter of practice. It's a matter of something that's like riding a bike. It's a learned skill. It's something that can be done. And I believe there's some information about it on my website as well. Why don't you give us your, your website? What is that? It's stressreliefcoach.com. That's www.stressrelief, just as it sounds, coach.com. I'm the stress relief doctor, but also go by the handle of the stress relief coach. And for information about uh, my availability for keynotes or customized retreats or workshops, um, email info at stressreliefcoach.com. Or if you've listened to this, uh, send it to Carol, Carol at stressreliefcoach.com, and I'll know that it's uh, from one of your okay. one of your listeners. The book is Optimal Stress Throughout My Wally. I believe that uh, it is to be out uh, the end of September, uh, and I'm sure you can check it will be available at all the usual distribution points. Well, thank you, Carol. It's been a an amazing process to understand stress and be able to overcome it as an individual, and your coaching has been invaluable, so thank you. Carol, thank you very much. This was great. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed it. It's a privilege to be with you. Thank you. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. 